Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. We've got an Astros victory. The Astros won, win away from their first or fourth World Series, I should say, in six seasons. Unbelievable. Welcome to Houston Sports Talks live Astros Yankees postgame show. Robert Land alongside Stephen Kerr and longtime Astros broadcaster. You see him up there on the screen, Greg Lucas. You saw him for years and years on Fox Sports Houston, Fox Sports Southwest. Between the three of us, 130 years combined in sports journalism. Woo, yeah, we see it all. <laughs> I don't know about you, Greg. <laughs> That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Greg, the Astros have given up, and I calculated this right before we got started. I was afraid to calculate it until we got to the last inning, but they've given up six runs in the last five postseason games. And you might as well say six games with the 18-inning one. Only four of those runs were actually earned when you remember that Fromber mm-hmm. error. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about this pitching staff. No, I can't either. Uh, golly, I, I made a comment yesterday regarding the Fromber thing. I said, here, the Astros basically handicapped the deal for the Yankees, giving them two runs, and they still won. And then they did it better today. I mean, uh, my golly, no runs. What They finished with, what, three hits and – this is Yankee team. Yes, it's a swing and miss team, and they certainly are showing that. But they really have no other offense against this Astro pitching if they can't, uh, if the Astro pitchers don't throw a mistake down the middle, and they haven't been doing it. Yeah, and and here's something else, guys. And I'll throw out there: Christian Vasquez has two RBIs. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Gleyber Torres, zero. I mean that that's pretty crazy. But the the Astros, the offense is doing just enough. You know, it's it's like mm-hmm. somebody is coming through when they need to. But you know, you, you look at the lineup top to bottom; it's not exactly rolling on all cylinders. But man, with this kind of pitching, it just it it almost doesn't matter. No, the top three guys in the order tonight had one hit. That was yeah. obviously actually Altuve finally ending this, but that didn't thing to do with the scoring. It was the guys after that that did all the damage. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that the home run that put the Astros ahead actually would not have been a home run in Houston. Uh, and, you know, after all the hassle <laughs> yeah. that they had about, oh, the home run the judge would have hit if they'd been in Yankee Stadium or if the roof had been closed. Well, here, 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 uh, Chaz hits a home run to right field that would not have been out in Houston. So it, it wouldn't it have been out in it, it was only would have been out maybe in two other ballparks besides Yankee Stadium and no, not Minute Maid Park. If it was close enough to the line, and I'm not sure if it was, it might have gotten out in Boston, but I'm not sure it was close enough to, 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 to the line because, you know, the pesky pole does go out real fast as soon as it gets past the pole. But yeah, there wouldn't have been many. And, and, uh, but it was a well hit shot and, and it certainly set the tone for the entire game. Before we go through the major moments in this one, I just want to remind everybody, if you're a first-timer, we need you to subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube. That's how you can support the show. We've been doing this podcast for nine years, doing the video, doing the YouTube now on a regular basis since March. Uh, just so many fantastic moments for, for our show. The 2017 World Series was definitely one of those. I'm going to post in just over a week on the anniversary, our 
post-game show that we did back in 2017 after the Astros oh, beat wow. the Dodgers in Game 7. So look forward to that one. We definitely want your questions or comments uh, right now. We'll react to them as the show rolls along. So comment as well. Astros with an opportunity in the first inning, guys. Two on for Kyle Tucker, but Tucker so clutch in the regular season continues his struggles with the strikeout. But let's go to that second inning. Uh, the, the Yankees weren't so fortunate with two outs. Harrison Bader drops a Christian Vasquez fly ball in center field with Aaron Judge barreling down on him. Confusion out there gave the Astros an extra out. Chaz McCormick says, thank you very much. And he hits an opposite field home run. That's his second opposite field home run in the series, Greg. And what is it? 12 out of the 16 that he hit during the regular season were to right field. And uh, no, he's, he's a danger to right field. In fact, that's his best power side. Timed well. Uh, it was not a terrible pitch. He just went with a pitch that was down and away, and there aren't a whole lot of guys that do that anymore. And there uh, you got a 2 nothing lead, and that had to be a real shock to the Yankee fans and certainly uh, to, to uh, Cole because I thought looking at Cole, and I know that his numbers kind of show that, he's not the same Cole that Astro fans saw. He's still very, very good. But – the rules that you can't use any sticky stuff on your fingers anymore has perhaps had some effect on him. Instead of being super, he's just very, very good. And yeah. they, five earned runs, but that was a little tricky because uh, three of those runs were actually allowed by the next next pitcher. But he wasn't nearly what, uh, what we expected from uh, Garrett Cole. Well, Garrett Cole led the league in strikeouts this year, mm-hmm. but he also led the league in home runs and he had had I think 32 coming into tonight's game so he, he does have that propensity and you know he did that a little bit with the Astros but he's certainly done that this season with the Yankees and you know going back to that Mancini you know we've been talking about how how much Trey Mancini's been struggling had a great swing on that pitch even though it was a line out to the track it was 108.8 miles per hour off the bat and exit velocity so the Astros were definitely getting some good hits there's a good swings off of Cole in that inning. Yeah, that was a that was a great at bat because the base is loaded and nobody out. I mean, he could have hit into a double play, but the worst thing he would have done would have been to strike out, and he's been striking out a little bit too much in his recent years or recent games. And uh, to make that type of contact really had to make him feel good. I know it made the Astros feel good, and it turned out to make the whole inning feel good because two guys tagged, and then there was no double play opportunity for the next hitter. And Vasquez didn't need it anyway because he, he dropped a single in, and then that was the ball game. Yeah, you guys threw the spoiler in. I haven't got there yet, but oh, okay. I, I, I have some things to say myself. But let's get there because there's a lot that happened between then and and when all of that happens in the fourth. Javier gives up his first hit, a double to stand, but that's all the Yankees get. Altuve finally gets a hit in the fifth inning, double into the corner. But Jordan strikes out on a pitch that become, it's become his kryptonite during the postseason, the belt-high fastball. Jordan, remember, Greg, was 1-for-22 against the Yankees in the 2019 ALCS. So this has been a pattern for him against the Yankees in the ALCS for whatever that means. Well, we've seen him have uh, stretches like this before. He even had one this season, if you recall, where he was just off. He just wasn't right there. And that's what he's going through right now. He's He's... He's taking a few fastballs that are down low enough that he probably should be swinging, but it's maybe a little guessing, and he's uh, guessing wrong. 
and then he's not catching up to high fastballs. And and that's the same problem with uh, really Tucker. Tucker is uh, vulnerable to that high and away fastball. They can't seem to lay off of it, and they also don't seem to hit it. Uh, so hopefully uh, both of them will either start getting some more mistakes uh, or uh, start hitting those a little bit better. Yeah, and Altuve, the, the thing about that double to right field, he didn't pull the ball. So, you know, maybe that's something he needs to think more about in some of these at-bats. Well, yeah, because he's been striking out that uh, too great a percentage, too. But that's what happened to him when he was not going well uh, during the regular season. The big thing is not getting production. Well, even nothing from Pena in this game. He was 0 for 5. Not getting production with some of the guys at the top of the order has not. They're 3-0. and they won six straight postseason games without some guys doing anything. So you know they're going to do something sometime. But uh, right now they just have uh, five more wins uh, without them doing something, and they're world champs. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so let's go to the top of the six. And you guys already talked about it, but bases loaded. Boone takes out Garrett Cole. And I want to ask you about that move in a second because I wasn't so sure that that was the right move. And that leads to Mancini, who's come through with, you know, who comes through with that sack fly after coaxing the only walk off Garrett Cole in his first at-bat before they took Cole out. So he had that great at-bat that uh, Steven referred to. And then Vasquez with a two-run single in the left center. Greg, taking out Garrett Cole, I just, I didn't see the point of that when the bases were loaded and Garrett Cole is, you know, one of your, maybe your best pitcher and a guy that can strike guys out in that situation. Well, he might have, Boone might have over-analyticed himself. You know, the pitch count was up to 96. He was the pitcher that got the bases loaded. So you're starting to lose a little confidence. But the problem is, what do you have in the bullpen? You have nothing in the bullpen like the Astros have that can come in and strike out people. You don't have anything like that in their bullpen. And it, it bit him. Uh, not yeah, only that, sure. but Cole is usually uh, Mancini. Actually, it has pitched pretty well or hit pretty well against Cole. That's why, but Dusty. One thing, reason Dusty said that he uh, was in the lineup because he had some experience. Well, certainly in the American League, he 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 he'd faced him a lot, and he knew pretty much what he threw. And actually, all but his final at bat, the the first three at bats, all three of them with the Mancini, he looked pretty good at the plate. Third at bat. No, but uh, that's okay. That's That was one out of four where he didn't look very good, and, and I was encouraged. If anybody didn't hear about it, Dusty said in the off day that Mancini was going to start the next couple of games at DH. Obviously, the struggles with Alendis Diaz. Mancini had a start earlier in the postseason that didn't go all that well, so you had a lot of guys struggling. He said he was going to give Mancini a couple of chances, and then he said don't discount David Hensley, but Trey Mancini definitely will be in after his performance in this game and his, you know, familiarity with Yankee Stadium in these situations. And, you know, we're going to talk about some guys that maybe weren't <laughs> familiar with Yankee Stadium a little bit later. But uh, let's go to Christian Javier because Dusty takes him out after 84 pitches, five and a third innings, one hit, zero runs. Were either of you surprised that Dusty pulled him at that point? I wasn't. I felt like, you know, in the last couple innings, it looked like Javier was tiring a bit. You know, he he was certainly getting behind on a lot of batters. You know, he, he hasn't pitched a whole lot in the last few weeks. So if he had a little more work maybe in the ALDS or something, he might have been able to go 
one more inning. But no, it, it didn't surprise me too much. No, a leadoff walk. That was the tip off, I think, that uh, maybe he's, he is tiring a little bit. And uh, even though the lead was fairly healthy at that point, again, the bullets that uh, Dusty has in the bullpen, uh, the only one that really didn't work as well as he would liked was, uh, you know, the young kid because he couldn't throw strikes. But Hunter that's Brown. Uh, yeah. Hunter Brown. But he uh, uh, he got him out in time, and they they still didn't give up any runs. And Hunter, you know, that was his that was what his scouting report said from minor leagues. I mean, he still he has all the stuff, uh, but he doesn't really have the control yet uh, to be yeah. uh, maybe what he wants to be and what he will be. And that's just an example where it showed. But he got him out in time and uh, no damage. Well, I think a lot of it for Hunter Brown was nerves because he wasn't missing by much. It's not as if he was just wildly throwing all over the plate, but he obviously was missing. Well, the strike Um, zone was not uh, really good for pitchers. No, There were a lot of pitches both sides that uh, appeared to catch the corner, but uh, the hitter had the advantage and they were called balls. But, no, he wasn't way off. But he was off enough, and he couldn't pull it back in to uh, to keep from uh, walking guys. And that's the one thing Dusty didn't want to see. He didn't want to see walks. And so consequently, uh, uh, when he had – after he pitched to three batters, and uh, that was enough. And he had two outs, and, and they bring in and get the the final out. And uh, But he's got a bullpen you can do that with. He's got a bullpen that strikes out people. He's got a bullpen that, uh, by and large, will throw strikes. I would say it was a big stage for Hunter Brown going to Yankee Stadium in October. This is a guy that just started his major league career within the last month and a half. I would say that was the case, except Greg and Steven, nobody was that like half the stadium had left. That's what they you know, grumbling because their Yankees are, are really looking. To be honest, offensively, they've been inept in this series. I, I will give a lot of the credit to Astro pitching, most of it. But uh, the bottom line still is they have they have looked not like a good baseball team. Uh, their pitching has been – today they gave up five runs, but generally speaking, their pitching has been fine. If their hitting had anything at all uh, positive to say about it, and it doesn't, there isn't. And, again, Astro's pitching has to be given a lot of credit. Yeah, and they've only – the Yankees only hit like 138 138- against the Astros in the first two games of this series. And you know it's gone probably gone down even further after tonight's game. Yeah, I, I just I just think the big strikeout, you know, it's funny because I'm I'm in favor. I'm happy this is happening. For one thing, I don't like, you know, what the analytics supposedly show. Gotta hit the long ball and strikeouts don't matter. Neither does batting average. Bunk yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I think if you can hit the long ball and you can also hit for a decent batting average, that's how you win baseball. Uh, just hitting the long ball because no great hitter, even Judge, who hit 62. How many games did they play? 162 games he hit 62. 100 games he didn't hit a home run in. I mean, that's yeah. not necessarily, you know, or more than that, actually, because some games he hit more than one. you got to have more than that. And uh, in his case, most of the year he did because he was a 300 hitter, but he's just been easily pitched to in this postseason. Yeah, as Albert points out, as one of our viewers points out, the Yankees have 41 strikeouts in this series, and it's been a key throughout the Astros' run the last six years. They get guys that figure out a way to make contact, especially against the tougher pitchers in the postseason. And, Greg, I, I, I believe the home run matters in this case because when you're in the postseason, one of the things I think 
these GMs look at when they're constructing a roster and why the power is so important is it's incredibly hard against the postseason type pitching, you know, these staffs that are the best of the best to put together three hits, three straight singles. With the type of hitters we have now, it is. It is not as hard with the type of hitters that you just spray the ball, hit 300, hit the ball over the plate, made contact. Uh, but you're right. With the type of hitters we have now, it is very difficult to string uh, string three hits together. I think that'll be a little better next year uh, when they put limits on how many people can play on the right side of second base and left side of second base. That'll help a little bit, especially left-handed hitters. Uh, but we'll see. There are very few things that have shocked me about this postseason. Jordan coming up big hasn't shocked me. Most of these pitchers coming up big have not has not shocked me. Even Jeremy Pena, you know, he showed his clutch ability during the regular season. You know, I, I couldn't have expected to be this much. The one thing that I will say when I look back two or three months ago, if you told me that Brian Abreu would be maybe Dusty's best friend in the playoffs and the way he's pitched and me and Steven have given him his flowers I want you to talk about him a little well, bit, Greg. because early in the season, he did exactly what drives Dusty and most fans nuts. He couldn't throw strikes. If you recall, early in the season, he was behind the count on everybody, uh, and, he, and he, he just didn't throw strikes. And so all of a sudden, he became the last guy in the bullpen. But as the season progresses, there are times where you've got to use everybody, and he got a chance to pitch a little bit, and all of a sudden, he was throwing strikes. And his slider was great. In fact, sometimes he threw maybe a few too many uh, when he could have used that fastball to get himself ahead in the count. But, you know, I won't worry about that because he basically uh, got the job done as the season wore on. But it's a long season, and uh, especially with pitchers, they can prove themselves if they are given chances. Steven, anything else to say about Brian Abreu? Are you, are you out of words at this moment? Well, I am. I mean, I tell you, the guy has just got such great stuff. And he's another reason, you know, you talk about guys like him, Framber Valdez, who finally figured it out. I mean, we were riding both of those guys for the last few years. So it's it's good to see, you know, that's that's one of the big reasons the Astros pitching has been so good this year and, and even in some cases last year, because guys like Abreu and Framber Valdez have finally figured it out. Man, they have just been right on with it. And I think Astro fans can not expect any drop-off. I think it was interesting tonight because it was pretty obvious with a 5 nothing lead. That's one of the reasons why Hunter Brown pitched is because they really didn't want to get in a situation where they were going to use Presley. And right. uh, and so consequently, uh, Hunter pitched, but they had to, they had to take him out. Uh, and so that, that fouled things up a little bit because Abreu probably wouldn't have pitched the ninth. But uh, – uh, it worked out great because they have enough confidence in him. Give up a couple of hits, but that's the point you were making before. It's hard to string a bunch of hits together. They got two in a row, and that was it. And then, it. then the game's yeah. over. Yeah, yeah and Presley game. was warming up. I, I yes, think they, did finally, they did finally but, get him up because it was a safe situation, but I don't think he wanted to pitch him uh, in this game. Especially when you consider that now, you know, let's this series shouldn't go six, seven games. But if it did, there's no travel day this time, so – you know, the bullpen would definitely be worn out by the time you get to game six and seven. But in the Astros case, you've got a couple of starters that you can toss out there who are pretty well stretched. Luis Garcia and Jose Urquidy, who I'm a little bit worried about him because he hasn't pitched in so long. 
Uh, he kind of hurt himself, if you remember his last appearance in the regular yeah. season, where he didn't look well, and that pretty much uh, uh, put him in the bullpen for sure. Uh, Luis Garcia was kind of up and down a little bit at the end of the year, but he, he I'll tell you what, those five innings of clutch pitching uh, in the first round, uh, I would have no problems if he ended up having to start a game uh, because he uh, he really was good in that. Every That was tougher pitching than any start he had all year because he couldn't allow a single run, and he didn't. I've known Greg for a few years, and I'm going to give you two ways to go with this, Greg, because I can't figure out which way you're going to go. But the travel day that, 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 that Stephen just mentioned, they've taken out the travel day. One thing Greg always likes is he's a traditionalist. Keep it like it is. So that means keep in the travel day. Let's do it like we've always done. Uh, or does Greg B, and Stephen, I don't know which one he's going to pick. Is he going to say B, I like this because Greg believes that you should be good with everybody on the roster. And this forces you to be good with everybody on the roster by taking out that travel day in this uh, ALCS. Okay, no pressure, Greg. What you got? Doesn't matter. They're not going to need the travel day. This game, there, 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 will, there will no way be a Great seventh answer. game. Great answer. No way there's a seventh game. You think the Yankees can win two straight? No, they can't win two straight. That's what it would take to get to a – well, actually, uh, yeah, they'd have to win two straight to give them uh, two win. No, wait a minute. Yeah, to come uh, back – well, they two straight to come back. Yeah, this was only the yeah. first game. Yeah, there's two more here. Uh, no, they won't They won't have that problem. This game – this series, I think, will be over tomorrow, to be honest. Uh, I um, I still think we're going to see some mistakes thrown to uh, Altuve and uh, the big guy, and there's going to be some hits from some of the guys in the top of the order. I still think that, and uh, if it's tomorrow, fine. But it'll 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 be coming, and they're 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 not going to go to a game seven or six. Yeah, yeah, we don't care about the National League, but the Padres and Phillies, Greg, could still uh, need a travel day or non-travel day or whatever. I just let them wear themselves out. That's all I care about. Let them wear themselves out, and and uh, I tell you what, I'm not sure which of those teams I would be most concerned with. I haven't watched them closely enough. Um, the team that bothered me the most, frankly, was the, the Mariners because the way they played at the end of the season and the way they they weren't good hitters, but they were, uh, you know, they'd slap the ball the other way. They didn't necessarily strike out a whole lot. And teams like that, are, are think, uh, would, would have the best chance to give the Astros uh, yeah. more trouble. Well, and I'm not sure if either one of those teams fall in that category. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the Phillies, though. They've caught, gotten hot at just the right time, and, you know, they're, they're getting a little bit of a struggle with the Padres now. But, yeah, facing the Phillies, I, I'd almost be a little afraid of that. They're, yeah, so, good. they're yeah. so good right now, Greg, that uh, the Phillies forced Phil Maton to break his finger. So that's how good the Phillies are. <laughs> his yeah. brother did, anyway. No, he would have been Actually, he would have been a tough call on uh, getting on the roster, I think, um, Anyway, uh, I probably would have come down to him or Urquidy, uh because he was a reliever and Urquidy is not used in that role much. And, and I, I think uh, probably the broken finger probably was good timing for him. I feel like I, I, I need to bring this up every now and then because even in the last couple of weeks, I heard people whining about this on social media. And I wasn't just seeing fans whining about it. I was seeing media people whining about it, people with radio stations around here, people that write for major sports outlets around here saying, James Click, he's he's worthless. What has he done? 
blah, blah, blah. They don't, Astros don't need James Click. This is all Jeff Luno's team. Okay. Uh, he hasn't done anything except acquire Montero, Stanek, Maris, Mancini, Vasquez. Anybody watch those guys today? He got all of those guys for basically nothing. nothing. Not nothing. only that, not only that, he was uh, he was uh, one of those that approved the fact that they didn't need to go out and get a shortstop because they had seen Pena in the minor leagues enough that they thought that uh, he could do the job. So there was no panic. Astros didn't have to run out and get a free agent shortstop. Where against fans again, some would say, "Oh, we got to do something." No, because they had enough confidence in what they'd seen in that particular player. So no, I I don't buy that at all. I think. Uh, for one thing, the 2017 team, as far as the regulars are concerned, what do they got? Four or five that are back. Uh, that's all. That, that first World Series championship team, there are not that many here. Uh, three on the infield. And. Yeah, no, none of the outfielders. None of the outfielders. None of the catchers. None of the catchers. Yeah, the pitchers, no. it's, I, I, it's it's Lance McCullers, Verlander, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah, I, think. I think that's about that's it. And, yeah, and so, no, he, they, he had to manage that, uh, that organization, including the farm system. And, uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't buy that at all. No, he did not go out and get uh, the big dollar, big name free agents or, or trade people at the trading deadline. And as it turned out, as you recall, because neither Mancini nor Vasquez really were anything out of the ordinary, except for Mancini when he first got here. And then Vasquez has had some individual games where he's been very good, like tonight. But they didn't, uh, they didn't really, as it turned out, Guriel started hitting again, and he was the guy that was going to be replaced. And, uh, and Maldonado actually ended up with 15 home runs and, and, uh, he's had some key hits in this series. Uh, so no, they, they really weren't as hurt as they might have been, even though, though they lost, uh, when they lost, um, uh, uh, their outfielders, you know, and Michael, oh, yeah, and Michael off- Bradley. Well, Bradley, Bradley during the year. Yeah. And then they center fielder during the offseason. They, they just kind of figured we'll see what we got. And no, you know, Chaz isn't going to be an all-star, and Chaz is going to have to fight for his job every year. But he's a serviceable player, doesn't make too many mistakes, occasionally gets a hit, and uh, good team guy. And so they've got a they've got a solid ball club. You know who he reminds me of, Stephen, and you will remember this guy very well. And we've talked about him very recently because he was just put into the Astros Hall of Fame. He's kind of the right-handed Terry Poole. He just makes plays. He just runs the bases well. He just does good stuff, you know, at the plate. Um, he's not spectacular. He's not an all-star. He's not a star, but he's solid as it gets. Yeah, well, you know I, what? That's I, right. That's right. I, I, Terry was a better hitter, and and but he didn't have as much power. Of course, he was also playing in the Astrodome. Uh, yeah. But but I know what you're saying. I mean, if you if I'm trying, I'm being technical here. I'm trying to really compare them. And and I know what you're talking about, the type of player, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he is uh, somebody that I feel like Dusty is always throwing spitballs at the back of class at because it just seems like Dusty is not a fan of his or the way he's played him for most of the year. And finally, you know, we see him on a regular basis in the postseason and, and he's just done his job. You know, yeah, has he been spectacular as hitter in the postseason? No, but has he been better than Altuve and some of the other guys? 
sure. And oh, so oh, yeah. you got to give him credit for that. Yeah. And and one thing I was, you know, I was thinking about as I was watching Christian Javier out in this game is Stephen, you and I spoke about this, and I said might not be a bad idea to start Christian Javier just in case something happens <laughs> and we get to a game seven. I, you know, I wasn't counting on that, but just in case, because Javier didn't have a surgery within the last year, he doesn't have all the injury issues with his arm. And so him potentially coming back on three days rest in a game seven would, would have been a little bit better of a potential than a Lance McCullers. Now, what we didn't know at that time was that Lance McCullers got hit in the champagne celebration for the ALDS. And I guess, Greg, my thing is, how about let's not celebrate until a World Series? <laughs> yeah. Well, especially since since it was such a freak deal, but he supposedly is fine, and, and he'll pitch tomorrow. Uh, but, hey, this worked out great because uh, Vasquez was going to catch his start, whichever start it was. Well, turned out to be today, Vasquez got – drove in two runs and threw out a base runner. So it, the, the timing was just perfect. And now the Astros have a three-game-to-nothing lead, and the pressure is, I won't say it's off, but it's certainly on the Yankees because they cannot yeah. lose, They must win four straight games. They cannot lose a single game. And uh, the Astros with this uh, staff and uh, the fact that they're still not getting anything out of some key players and surely will um, are in such a wonderful position. Well, the first thing I thought about when I saw the post-champagne celebration as well, Robert's getting his wish. <laughs> Maybe not the way we wanted to, but yeah, you were the first person I thought of, Robert, when I saw that the other day. Yeah, I just feel like this isn't the first time we've seen somebody get hurt in one of those things. And, you know, it's not like the season is over with after you win the ALDS or the ALCS yeah, or even... that's exactly uh, what I thought. I mean, we've seen, I think it seems like that's happened even at one of those regular season, you know, playoff clinching celebrations. I mean, I, I I just think those things have gotten a little bit out of control. And the Astros especially, I, I'm surprised at how out of control it gets considering. And, and I know they'll tell you these are all special and they're all hard to get and you work so hard. But at the same time, the Astros have done it quite a bit in the last few years. And that's not their end goal. And they know that. And nobody in this organization feels like, Anything is acceptable except a championship right now. Well, and, and remember, they were in the World Series last year. Uh, it, it didn't turn out very nice, but they were in it last year, and uh, they almost were in it the year before, and they've won, you know, they were in 17 and, and 19. And so it, it is sort of an old hat for most of the players. So they just got to be careful. That's all. At least they wear goggles these days. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you what, one guy that we have not mentioned, that's worth mentioning because he had some more really good at bats in this game. Alex Bregman, speaking oh. of that World Series last year, we didn't have him really for the postseason. We didn't have Alex. Bre we didn't have that Alex Bregman last year. We didn't have it was the a one different Alex Bregman. <laughs> yeah, somebody posing as Alex Bregman, not doing a good job of it. Yeah, though. yeah, we had a corpse of Alex, and and the Bregman of seventeen and eighteen and nineteen is back, and what a difference he makes. And when Altuve. And Jordan struggle. It's good to have an Alex Bregman there to pick everybody up. Well, one thing he does, he rarely swings at bad pitches, and that is exactly what both uh, Alvarez and and, uh, and Altuve have been doing. They have been swinging a lot of pitches out of the strike zone that are that are not good pitches, and that's when you're fouled up. That's what's happened. Um, the counts could, I mean, in both cases, 
if they just went up there and said, I'm not going to swing at the first four pitches, in almost every case, they'd be ahead in the count because the pitchers are not throwing them strikes. And, uh, and, and, but right now they're always be, they're always down 0 and 2 because they're swinging at, uh, pitches that either they can't hit or they shouldn't be swinging at the first place waiting for a better shot. And I, they will, I, they honestly will because they're looking at the tapes. They're looking at every at bat they, they get. And, uh, Altuve, uh, did a great job on his double. The rest of his at bats, eh, not much. Uh, Alvarez really didn't necessarily have a, a good at bat. Uh, and, you know, but part of that was him. Yeah, part of it was the pitching. Part of it was him. Yeah. So a lot of it with Alvarez, to me, it seems like he was swinging at a lot of elevated fastballs lately. And that weren't strikes. Doing. Yeah. And they were, they actually were out of the strike zone. That's the worst part. They try to, they, it's the same thing with, uh, uh, Tucker. They try to get him to go for a high fastball, high and away, because they, they really, when they go the other way, in Tucker's case, it's usually an accident. When when Al, uh, when Alvarez goes the other way, it's usually off a pitch that may be outside, but it's a lot lower. It's still down farther. And uh, they go for them. They get fooled, and they, they swing at pitches that are not, uh, not strikes, but it's the same thing with the guys who have problem with the sliders. They don't recognize that it's already too low to swing at, and it's not going to come up. And uh, what happens with the guys who swing at the fastballs is when it's coming, it looks like it's at the upper level of where they can hit it, but it doesn't sink because it's got so much velocity on it. It stays up there and they can't, they can't reach it. So they know that they look at those, those iPads, they look at those, uh, the, the tapes after games and they know what, and they also know what to expect. That's why I think it's possible tomorrow will be a clinch. Tomorrow's starter is not a real hard thrower. He had a good year. But he's not, he's not one of these guys who's going to blow you away. And you just got to be sure you're not swinging at bad pitches. I just uh, heard this uh, quote from Aaron Boone. He said, I feel like we've gotten a lot of bad luck because every time we swing, the ball's not there, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> it was the best quote he's yeah. probably made. Bad luck. Yeah, the Astros pitching had nothing to do with it, Robert. No, no. It's just all bad luck. Yeah, that's what it is. No, they, no. I mean, if you're that's if you're a big swinging team, you you big swinging teams live on mistakes. And over the course of a 162 game season, you're not going to be facing number one and number two pitchers all the time. And you're going to see mistakes. And you're going to see fastballs that come right down the middle, thigh high. And you're expecting a fastball, and you're going to hit a home run. You don't see nearly as much of that when you're talking about number one and two starters, which is what you're mostly seeing in postseason baseball. That's why the Astros are so lucky and not lucky, very fortunate. They actually got five top starting pitchers and six, if you wanted to to stick in the the kid, that's probably going to be combating for one of those spots next year. And no, no, most teams just don't have that. They just don't have that kind of depth. I've got just one more thing, and I'll let anybody follow this up with whatever your final thoughts are. But I just got to talk a little bit about Christian Javier because he was somebody that last year I thought he should have been a starter and have been and should have been ready to go by the playoffs because I felt like Christian Javier has got about as good a stuff as anybody that the Astros have had in the last five to six years. He is extremely hard to hit. I mean, the numbers show it this year. The numbers have shown it in the past few years. His only issue has been sometimes he's a little bit wild. Sometimes he, you know, he gets some walks. 
and he can't go longer into games. But you can say the same thing about Lance McCullers. But Christian Javier, I am so happy for that kid. He has never complained. He has always done what they've asked him to do. They've stuck him as a starter in the bullpen, as a starter in the bullpen. They've moved him around. He is as calm as the, you know, as the eye of a storm when he's at Yankee Stadium or at any ballpark. You do not see any emotion from him. And you just have to appreciate what this kid does. And there's nobody that you would want more in Yankee Stadium. And I say that with Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers because it just doesn't seem like anything will get to him. And he threw seven no-hit innings earlier this year at Yankee Stadium just to show me that, yeah, I'm ready for that. He threw three more uh, in this start. I mean, he he threw he's only given up one hit in 10-some innings against the Yankees in New York. No, I agree. Uh, And I'm sure that's why uh, Dusty had little concern about flipping his – his rotation because he might have actually wanted to go with Christian Javier anyway, but we've talked about this. There's also a baseball thing where Lance would be dictated as the number three guy to go. They had an excuse not to do it. And the excuse fit perfectly because uh, Christian Javier couldn't have been better. Yeah. Yeah. The, my thing about Javier is I kept waiting for the Astros all last season to Make up their mind about him. You know, at some point, you, you've got to decide. I mean, you can use the guy out of the bullpen. He certainly was effective there. But if you're really going to make him a starter, you got to do it. And and they finally did him. And it took them long enough. But the, the thing about Christian Javier, and you guys have touched on it, just his composure. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could even tell when he was in the minor leagues, his stuff was just something else. And if he came in and had that kind of, you know, merit and that composure – along with that great stuff that it, we, I was looking for him for the last couple of years, you know, before he came up, keeping an eye on him, that somebody that was really going to make a difference. And sure enough, he has, no matter what role they put him in. Well, I think that uh, he, the quandary was that he was, he was good at both. And because he was good at both, there are a lot of guys who start. Uh, and then you get in a situation where they are not maybe going to stay in the rotation, and, but they really don't fit working in the bullpen. His problem was, he could do both. And so at the beginning of the season, okay, we got ostensibly five starters, so you're going to start the year in the bullpen. But he worked his way into the rotation, and, and he's not going to the bullpen again. Although, again, in a seven-game series, he's perfectly postseason situation where all rules are gone. He's perfectly capable at some point of, of coming out of the bullpen if he's had enough rest. So uh, I think that's probably it's, – it's, it's the old story if you're a – if you're very versatile, sometimes you don't get to do what you really want to do because you can do anything. And your right. boss or your manager or your general manager knows that. And so where's our biggest hole? Well, bullpen. So we're going to use him in the bullpen. That's how they started the season. But I agree. He's a starter. Uh, his stuff is starter stuff. And uh, they don't hit him. So, But I think he's proven that now. The last point I'll make real quick is Lance McCullers is on the mound tomorrow. And the last time the Astros won the World Series, Lance McCullers was pretty good in closeout games. You guys remember that? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. We may not have Charlie Morton, but we'll have Luis Garcia to pick him well, up. Yeah, if he does you could do the same thing. You've got, uh, you got Luis Garcia if they want to go the old two-starter route because it's easy to do that tomorrow if they had to. 
because they if they won tomorrow, then they'd have some days off again and uh, before they had to start the World Series. So, yeah, they, they're they're just I, I think it ends tomorrow. I really do. I think it ends tomorrow. Well, I want to remind everybody that's watching and listening. Don't forget that Stephen and I are back tomorrow night for every Astros postgame See, throughout the postseason, we're going to be here. Game four, live postgame, Sunday night. We're doing it again all the way through the postseason. Also tomorrow, Sports Radio 610, Sean Bajani joins me for our usual live Texans postgame after the Raiders game. So it's going to be a long but fun day in Houston sports for me. Uh, tell your friends. Tell everybody you know. Uh, thanks again to Stephen. Uh, Greg, I'll give you the last word before we close it out. No, I'm just very optimistic. I was so impressed with the Astros getting the early lead and then adding to the lead and then never threatened because that pitching is that good. And that's why I'm saying now a four-game sweep. Well, let's turn up the music. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for doing this. We're going to check out, but we hope to see you guys again tomorrow. Go Astros, baby. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.